0: Shalom, this is Rabbi David Tulkiger of Congregation Mayim Chaim, the Eastern Shores Messianic Synagogue in Daphne, Alabama. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast of our message from Shabbat service. We pray it is a blessing to you and that you see the beauty and light of Yeshua Meshachinu, Yeshua, our Messiah, in every word you hear. Amen. Abrahamim, Father of mercies, we worship you, we love you, and we adore you. Father, I thank you for Uh, This Shabbat for this Yom Kippur, this Day of Atonement that you have placed before us, that you have called us to uh, humble ourselves, to uh, deny of ourselves, and to focus on our relationship with you, to focus on uh, those deeper places in our lives that still need restoration Uh, Father I pray that as we spend this period of time uh, introspectively seeking your face that you will reveal to us each and everything that continues to prohibit uh, our being restored and renewed in the image and likeness of which we were created. Father, I pray that as we open your word this evening, that you will speak boldly into our hearts and our lives. That it will be your word uh, heard, your voice received. That it will be nothing of me involved except that which you have ordained specifically for this purpose. And that you will breathe new life within us as we move forward in this year. Longing to be closer and closer to you. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we pray. And everyone says, "Amen and amen." So... Uh, this evening we are celebrating uh, or beginning to to celebrate celebrate may be a weird term to use here We are observing uh, Yom Kippur Yom Kippur is the day of atonement uh, in days of old when a tabernacle and temple stood This was when uh, the high priest would have a very long long day and in his stead we now all have a very Long, long day um, as we uh, go to synagogue over and over again as we uh, go through prayer time and time again as we spend the entire 24-25 hours fasting and, and asking the Lord to, uh, to dig deeper and deeper into our hearts and our lives and Uh, When the temple uh, or the tabernacle stood there were a slew of sacrifices that were made and were necessary to bring atonement And it's really interesting that Yom Kippur the the atonement sacrifices of Yom Kippur never brought uh, atonement to intentional sin And wouldn't provide it, it didn't provide atonement for sins against other people unless we first made restoration and restitution with them But Yom Kippur was more about atoning for our relationship with God. It was about atoning for the way that we as a nation, the the people of Israel, the Jewish people, the priesthood, uh, those interacting with the tabernacle and temple, et cetera, et cetera, the way that we would damage the image and likeness of Hashem uh, as He has called us to be a light to the nations. And so as we observe Yom Kippur today, we can tell that the things are a little different because there's no tabernacle or temple standing. But one of the things that remains the same is that the Lord has given us instructions on how to observe and honor Yom Kippur in a way that is honoring and glorifying to Him. And within Judaism, our custom and our practice with no temple standing is that we strive to do everything we can as God has called us to do and commanded us to do to the best of our ability of what is available to us today. So there may be no temple standing. We can no longer make sacrifices because there's no temple standing, but we can, in fact, take this time to focus on... On Repentance and restoration as was intended So if you have your scriptures I'm going to ask you to go and open up to Leviticus chapter 16 We're going to talk about Yom Kippur And in particular one specific facet Of how we observe Yom Kippur uh, As we move forward this evening Leviticus chapter 16 verse 29 It says it is to be a statute for you To you forever that in the seventh month On the tenth day of the month You are to afflict your souls And do no kind of work Both the native-born and the outsider dwelling among you. For on this day, atonement will be made for you to cleanse you. From all your sins, you will be clean before Adonai. We go forward to... uh Leviticus chapter twenty-three, verse twenty-six. This is again to so Leviticus sixteen is dealing with specifically the priesthood service on Yom Kippur. Leviticus twenty-three deals specifically with the Moadim, the appointed days as a whole, and this gives us a brief rundown of Yom Kippur as well. Verse 26 of Leviticus 23. Adonai spoke to Moses saying, However, the tenth day of the seventh month is Yom Kippur, a holy convocation to you, so you are to afflict yourselves. You're to bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. You are not to do any kind of work on that set day for it is Yom Kippur to make atonement for you before Adonai your God. For anyone who does not deny himself On that day must be cut off from his people. Anyone who does any kind of work on that day, that person uh, I will destroy from among his people. You you should do no kind of work. It is a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. It is to be a Shabbat of solemn rest for you and you are to humble your souls. On the ninth day of the month in the evening from evening until evening, you are to keep your Shabbat. And then going to Numbers chapter 29, again, a reiteration. Of the Moadim, and in particular here verse 7 Yom Kippur On the 10th day of the 7th month you are to have a sacred assembly You are to deny yourselves and do no work You are to present uh, to Adonai a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma. One young bull from the herd, one ram, and seven-year-old male lambs without defect, along with their grain offerings of fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of an afah with the bull, two-tenths with the ram, and one-tenth with with each of the seven lambs. Also offer one male goat for a sin offering in addition to the sin offering for atonement, as well as the regular burnt offering with its grain offering and their drink offerings. So here we see three different passages dealing with Yom Kippur, dealing with how we are to observe and honor it. And these are things that we can do with exception of the sacrifices without a temple standing. In particular, one of the things that stands out to us is we see the word in the English that we are to deny ourselves. We are to humble ourselves. Some translations may say we, say we are to abstain. Uh, we are to afflict ourselves, some translations may say. And so in Judaism, we understand this idea of afflicting ourselves, uh, denying ourselves, uh, humbling ourselves to be a Discussion of fasting right uh, And when we talk about When we talk about fasting I keep blowing really hard into my microphone trying to find the right placement when we talk about fasting a lot of times we 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 try to determine exactly what that looks like what it means and even on Yom Kippur there's a lot of discussion uh, on the peripheral of Judaism Judaism is pretty well set forth and understanding that when we read uh, for the better part of 4,000 years that the Lord has called us to deny ourselves to humble ourselves to afflict ourselves whatever the translation you're using chooses to use uh, for this passage we have come to understand and accept the fact for 4,000 years now that what God meant was we are to fast, that we are to take this time and deny ourselves of comforts of life. And so within Judaism, it goes a little farther than just fasting food. Um, We generally will fast food. We will remove all luxuries and comforts. Uh, in our daily life a lot of people will sit on the floor instead of uncomfortable chairs uh, People will not take excessive baths if they aren't needed so uh, in a lot of, of uh, Really strict uh, religious communities orthodox jewish communities uh, on yom kippur if they don't smell really bad on uh, Tomorrow morning they won't take a shower um, and in some really really strict uh, Religious communities they just won't take a shower at all on Yom Kippur it doesn't matter how they smell or don't um, we don't wear leather goods on Yom Kippur because leather is deemed as a luxury it's something that we don't necessarily need in life and so we set these luxuries aside um, in the modern age a lot of people will set aside technology on Yom Kippur and they won't play on their cell phones or look at social media they won't watch TV they won't what-have-you because these again are luxuries of life and then of course we fast food and uh, and in and most Jewish communities, we fast food and all beverage. So generally speaking, there would be no food or drink that is consumed on Yom Kippur. Again, as with almost everything in Judaism, it is always life over law. If there is a health reason that you can't fast food and drink or you can't fast food or what have you, um, then the, the, there are means by which we can adjust our lives to fast something So as not to risk our health by fasting something we can't really afford to fast. So when we look at Yom Kippur, the general idea within Judaism is that this idea of denying, afflicting, or humbling ourselves is specifically to fast. And a lot of times when you look at fasting, we try to figure out why, what it means, why we do it, etc. And you may even be asking yourselves as you look at these passages, well, how in the world do we determine that to deny, afflict, or humble ourselves means that we are to fast, that we're to not eat food. We're to take away luxuries in life, et cetera, et cetera. We look at this in, uh we, we take the Hebrew word that we see here that's translated as humble or deny ourselves, and we look across Scripture and we find where it's used and how it's used. In particular, we look in Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning with verse 3. Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning with verse 3. Again, this is a recounting of uh, uh, the the miraculous things that the Lord has done for Israel in the wilderness. Um, But in particular, he says in verse 3, He afflicted you uh, and let you hunger. Then he fed you manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, in order to make you understand that man does not live by bread alone but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of Adonai. So here in the Hebrew, the word for afflict you, that he has afflicted you is the same word that is used in all of these passages we just read about Yom Kippur. It is the the root word anah, which means to afflict or to deny yourselves. And it is connected here. It says that he afflicted us, that he uh, he denied us, and the way that he did that was with hunger. He says he denied us and he caused us to be hungry, and then he restored us. From that state of hungriness, of hungerness, of hunger, whatever, however that works uh, grammatically. Uh, and he fed us manna, which is this miraculous, this divine sustenance that he gave our forefathers wandering in the wilderness. Uh, and he did this specifically for us to understand that we don't live solely by the, the, the bread itself, but instead by the bread of life, which is the word that reigns true in our lives day in and day out, that we live by every word that comes forth. From the mouth of Adonai and so on Yom Kippur the entire Jewish world as a whole We stop everything that we're doing and we take the day to fast and we become very hungry And uh, for the most part most of us and and I I jokingly have already done this not since sundown but uh, Leading up to Yom Kippur we are always thinking okay we're in Yom Kippur we've just got to survive the next 24 hours we can just survive the next 24 hours there's a burger waiting for us on the side on the other side there's a pizza waiting for us there's uh you know some sort of big meal that's going to restore us from being hungry as we have been for the last 24 hours and for most of us we could really honestly you can look at me and see this we can afford to be hungry for 24 hours and although our guts may not be happy with us it's really not going to hurt us any I mean, we're in America, even some of the, 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 the people that are the poorest among us live far more uh, uh, well-fed than some of the people that I've ministered among in Africa and, and other places in the world. It's mind-blowing how, you know, in America we are far more set ahead in life than some of the poorest people in the world. And then we look at ourselves when we're struggling and we, we kind of dwell on the fact that, well, you know, we're hungry right now. Well, who cares that you're hungry right now? There's people that have been hungry. I just read an article today. This really doesn't have anything to do with what I'm talking about other than uh, similar concept. But I read an article earlier today uh, about the Ugandan Jewish community. How many realize that there are a ton, I mean a ton of Jewish people in Africa Right, so I I go to Zimbabwe and Ethiopia with Jewish Voice Ministries, and we minister to the Limba tribes, which are Jewish tribes in in Zimbabwe, South Africa, and Zambia. We minister to the uh, uh, Beta Israel, Beta Abraham, in uh, in Ethiopia and Somali region, uh, and then in Uganda you have indigenous Jewish tribes there as well, and. Uh, Uganda, if you pay attention to the news, Uganda is constantly dealing with, uh, uh, famines and things like this that are going droughts and so on. And so in the Jewish communities in Uganda, it is very common that when Yom Kippur rolls around, they're already near starving by the time they get ready to fast. And they, even though they're already near starving, they still take the time to go, you know what, forget it, whatever little bit of food we might have access to today It's Yom Kippur. We're going to set it aside. We're going to take our time and focus on this idea of fasting and repenting before the Lord. And it doesn't matter that we're already hungry coming into this. And traditionally around the world in the Jewish community, we have huge feasts leading up to Yom Kippur because we don't like being hungry if we don't have to. So we eat a really big meal before sundown. We scarf as much as we possibly can so that over the next day and a a day and change, uh, we, we don't really get as hungry as we could be. Uh, But here this article talked about these Ugandan Jews who are already starving rolling up on Yom Kippur. And they still desire consciously and intentionally. They desire to enter into this fast in spite of the fact that they're already near starving. And so, this article was dealing with uh, was talking about how there are uh, Jewish community organizations in America that are uh, sending that are providing mills pre-Yom Kippur mills for these Ugandan Jewish communities, so that they can take part like the rest of the Jewish world and eat well before. Uh, Yom Kippur starts, and these Ghana Jews were talking about how, you know, this is awesome. We get to, to be uh, full going into Yom Kippur, and in this fast, now we don't have to focus on the fact that we were already hungry. We just get to focus on what we're here to do. Whereas us in America, we're going into Yom Kippur stuffing our guts and our faces as fast and as quick as we can, as heavily as we can before Yom Kippur starts, and we spend all of Yom Kippur thinking of nothing but the meal tomorrow night when we break fast again. Yet there are communities of Jewish people around the world that are near starving all the time. That their Chavanah, the intention of their heart, is to focus on what fasting truly is and what it really means. And as we think about fasting today and we go through this period of fast on Yom Kippur, I want to encourage you to take the time to actually consider why it is that we are fasting Because we're not just taking food out of the menu, we're not just sitting in front of empty tables, we're not just sitting here wishing that we had uh, a, a sandwich or whatever it is, but there's a reason that we fast. When we fast, it's not just so that we don't eat or don't watch TV, but we fast so that we can replace the time that we would have been doing these things that are ultimately mundane in life, and we spend that time instead focusing on God. Focusing on our relationship with him focusing on prayer focusing on his word focusing on worship Whatever it may be we replace the things that are distractions in life Because honestly, I look at me in a mirror every single day I see what the scale says every single day I promise more often than not for me personally food is little more than a distraction Most of the time food is not necessary for me by any means it is merely something I really enjoy But it's not necessary watching TV is absolutely not necessary in my life Being on my cell phone, although it appears most of the time when you see me that it is necessary. It is not necessary Playing around with my ipad, whatever it may be is not necessary And these are things that we can intentionally set aside on yom kippur to focus on our relationship with god See, so we go back to Genesis as we've talked time and time again here at Karnishemaim Chaim. We go back to Genesis and we recognize that God created us in his image and likeness, which means he created us to be a representation of him here on earth. And by sinning, by choosing to sin, we have damaged, we have marred the image and likeness of God that we were created in. We have damaged and marred the image and likeness of God that people are to see in our lives. And as such, we have damaged the opportunity for people to find God by seeing us. And Yom Kippur gives us the opportunity to intentionally, this is something we should do every single day, but Yom Kippur is a chance every single year that we can recalibrate ourselves and intentionally focus on removing things that are distractions in our lives, distractions in our walk with God so that we can, in fact, restore our relationship with Him, that we can, in fact, walk in this restoration of the image and likeness that we're created in, So that the world around us can in fact see him in us and desire to draw closer to him. In the Haftarah Parsha that will be read tomorrow uh, throughout the day of Yom Kippur in synagogues the world over Isaiah 58. Beginning with verse 3, and this is a, 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 well, verse 1 begins, Cry aloud, do not hold back, raise your voice like a shofar, tell my people their transgressions, and the house of Jacob their sins, yet they seek me day to day and delight to know my ways, and if they were a nation that did right and had not forsaken their God's decrees, they ask me for righteous judgments, they delight in the nearness of God, Verse 3, we cry out to God, why have we fasted, yet you, Adonai, do not see? Why have we afflicted our souls, yet you take no notice? And God responds, behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Behold, your fast for strife and contention and to strike with a wicked fist. You should not fast as you do today to make your voice heard on high. Is this the fast I've chosen, a day for one to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and spread out sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to Adonai? In other words, he's telling Israel, you cry out, we fast and we cry out and we moan and you don't listen and you don't see us and you don't hear us. And the Lord's saying, no, no, I do. The problem is, is I'm not seeing just what you want me to see. I'm seeing all of the things you wish I didn't see. I'm seeing all of the things that you do that while you're putting on this grand show of you fasting and afflicting yourselves and and taking all of this yom kippur concept into mind, you're making everyone around you miserable. And you're putting extra weight and load on others. You're lofting yourself up and lording yourself over others. You're having a better fast than anyone else is. But this isn't what God wanted of us. This isn't what he called us to do. This isn't how he asked us or, or called us to interact with this fast. As a matter of fact, he continues to go on, became, picking up with verse 6 here in Isaiah 58 to say, this isn't the kind of fast I want. He goes on to say, is not the fast I choose to release the bonds of wickedness, to untie the cords of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to tear off every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry to bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh and blood? Notice that there's nothing new in this passage here. These two verses, three verses that he's saying the kind of fast he desires. It's all stuff that Torah has already called us to do. The Torah has already called us to take care of the widow, the orphan, the needy, the poor, those that are left out in the, the, the wet and the cold. He's already called us to do these things. What he's saying is I don't want you just to set a meal aside three times in one day while you're ignoring all the other things I've called you. I don't want you to focus on Yom Kippur as this day of atonement and this uh, uh, high holy day that's greater than all other days. But yet 364 days of the rest of the year, you could give a crap less about relationship with me. Or anyone else around you. I don't want you to humble yourselves and deny yourselves and afflict your souls. Just so that tomorrow you go right back to where you used to be. I don't want you to do all of these things while you're disdaining those around you. I don't want you to do all of this while you're treating others like garbage. Verse 8. If we are too fast as the Lord has called us to do. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will spring up speedily. Your righteousness will go before you, the glory of Adonai as your rear guard. Then you will call and Adonai will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. Hineni, if you get rid of the yoke among you, finger pointing and bad mouthing, if you give yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness and your gloom will be like midday. Then Adonai will guide you continually, satisfy your soul in drought, and strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Some of you will rebuild the ancient ruins, will raise up the age-old foundations. We will be called repairers of the breach, restorer of the streets for your dwelling, for the dwelling of Adonai, for his tabernacling among us. If you turn back your foot from Shabbat, From doing your pleasure on my holy day. And call Shabbat a delight. The holy day of Adonai honorable. If you honor it not going your own ways. Not seeking your own pleasure. Nor speaking your usual speech. Then you will delight yourself in Adonai. And I will let you ride over the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of your father Jacob. For the mouth of Adonai has spoken. We go to Matthew 6. Beginning with verse 9, Matthew 6, uh, this is a easily recognizable passage for most believers because this is what's often called the Lord's Prayer. In fact, it's not. If you go to John uh, 16, you'll, you'll actually see what was Yeshua's prayer. But here he's really just describing to us how it is we can talk to the Lord outside of liturgy, that liturgy is a part of life, but how do we interact with him on a personal level? And this is how he uh, lays out kind of a guideline for his Talmudim, for his disciples. Verse 9, Therefore pray in this way, our Father in heaven, sanctified be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. And whenever you fast, do not become sad-faced like the hypocrites, for they neglect their faces to make their fasting evident to men. Amen, I tell you, They have their reward in full. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting won't be evident to men, but to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Again, the Lord is restoring our understanding of fasting. When we fast we shouldn't sit around and woe is me i'm hungry my stomach's growling i wish i could eat i wish i Was able to to do this or that i wish i could We're to uphold ourselves as though nothing in our lives has changed Except that we are focusing our walk with the lord Nobody around us should look at us and feel sorry for us because for 24 hours 25 hours we skipped a couple of meals. In reality, most of us don't really skip a couple of meals. We skip breakfast and lunch. We don't skip dinner because we have dinner right before Yom Kippur and we have it right after Yom Kippur. And most of the time, both of those are probably way bigger than they needed to be. I know mine usually are. But we spend so much time while we're supposed to be fasting, while we're supposed to be denying ourselves to focus on our relationship with the Lord, instead of focusing on our relationship with the Lord, we're focused on ourselves, denying ourselves. But then we got to wonder are we really denying ourselves? The Lord cries out time and time again for us to humble ourselves before Him. That word that's used in all of these passages dealing with fasting on Yom Kippur is to humble ourselves. Before him. Part of the reason we find ourselves in the situations we do. Part of the reasons why we find ourselves constantly falling prey to sin. Is because we walk in pride. I tend to believe 100%. That the root of all evil is pride. But are you really going to die? Did God really say you were going to drop dead right now if you eat of this fruit? Eh, I guess not. Let me see what happens. Pride. Pride. Adam stood right there and didn't stop her. Pride. We focus on being hungry as opposed to focusing on restoring our relationship with the Lord. Pride. The Lord calls us to humble ourselves and to walk faithfully with Him. To humble ourselves and give our all to Him. Yom Kippur is a day of restoration. It's not just a day of sorrow and sacrifice in the temples, in the temple days. It's not just a day of us focusing on the fact that we have sinned in the past. Instead, it's supposed to be a day that we focus on moving forward, no longer sinning. We focus on moving forward in the freedom that can only be provided by the blood of the Lamb. Moving forward in the freedom that can only be found in the reality that our great sacrifice has been given. In the Jewish world today, we are longing for the day for the temple to be restored so that atonement sacrifice can be made again, and in the meantime, since the destruction of the temple in 70 common era, we've made the rules up fresh and, and anew, as opposed to understanding that something else is going on. And so instead of recognizing that sacrifices can no longer be made in the temple, which means that there isn't a blood atonement being offered, which means that there must have been something God has already done to provide true restoration and atonement. We focus on what we long for, which is the rebuilding of the temple, which absolutely has a prophetic purpose and meaning. But Yeshua has called us to realize that His atonement is far greater than anything that could have been made in the Holy of Holies. Think about it. In the temple that stood in Jerusalem, it was man making atonement for man. Can man truly atone for man? As a matter of fact, when the high priest would make atonement on Yom Kippur, he had to make atonement for himself, for the temple, for the nation, and for the people. Can man truly make atonement for man? It was all a foreshadowing of what would come. Of a true atonement in which God himself provides eternal atonement for us. And in that reality is we understand that there is a means by which we can be entirely and completely restored in relationship to God. It's in that reality that we can truly understand what it means to deny and humble ourselves and focus upon him. What it truly means to be able to return in faithfulness back to him romans chapter 12 verse 1 says i urge you therefore brothers and sisters by the mercies of god to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god which is your spiritual service do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of god what is good and acceptable and perfect What has been made possible by the blood atonement of Yeshua is not only a restoration of the image and likeness of which we were created in, but an opportunity for us to truly be able to fast in a way that God has called us to, not focusing on ourselves, but focusing on our relationship with Him and focusing on restoration of others. Israel was called to be a light unto the nations. The nations, Paul says in Romans, were drawn into salvation to drive the Jew to jealousy for his God. It is our responsibility, both Jew and Gentile alike, to be used by God to draw all creation back unto himself. Isaiah says over and over again that Israel was called to be a light to the nations, and instead we, as a people, hoarded the word of God. We made it complicated for the nations to become a part of what God wants to do for all creation. And in the work of Messiah Yeshua. God has made it possible for Jew and Gentile. United together. To become echad. Uh, to become Amechad, One people. In his Ruach HaKodesh. and his Holy Spirit. So that we can not only deny of ourselves. And focus on a relationship with the Lord. But that we can be used by God. To bring restoration to others. So that the words of Isaiah 58 of what God truly desires of a fast can be restored among us so that we can take the time to focus on the needs of others rather than our own. So as we move forward on this Yom Kippur, I want to encourage you as you are praying throughout the next uh, day or so, a little less than a day, as you are praying and and seeking the Lord's face and repentance and restoration to ask Him to take all of those selfish ambitions that we so often seek after, all of the personal gratifications and desires of our own hearts that aren't necessarily in His image and likeness, and remove them, and replace them with a desire to be able to follow after what He wants and desires of us, that our hearts will be in alignment with His, that our intention in our fast on Yom Kippur Will be an intentional opportunity to seek his face, not to focus on what we don't have, but to focus on what we do, which is far greater than anything that a hamburger could ever bring happiness of. We serve a God who created solely for the purpose of restoration He knew, as we've said over and over again, long before He spoke the first word of creation into existence that we were going to send. And He wants nothing more than for us to accept the restoration that has been provided by the blood of His Holy Lamb. Avrahamim, Father of mercies, we worship You, we love You, and we adore You. Father, I thank You that You have given us Yom Kippur as a time to realign our focus on You, as an opportunity to Uh, Allow you to seek out those deepest darkest places of our hearts and draw forth anything That brings shame to you anything that harms your image and likeness in our lives anything that is not like you That we may be restored fully and wholeheartedly in your image and likeness Father I pray that as we move through this yom kippur that we not be focused on having a good and easy fast but that we be focused on What you desire for this fast to look like that we be focused on others' needs, on the lives of others, on the restoration of others before we ever focus on the noise that our stomachs are making or the fact that we're bored or whatever else. Father, that we wholeheartedly give everything that we are over to you. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we pray. And everyone says, Amen.